Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me for the finale of the Desperate Revival arc is Colleen. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm excited to talk about Detective Conan, the greatest anime ever made, Colleen. And don't you forget it. None of you, don't forget that. This arc's been a good reminder. Of, uh, you know, just how, just how good this is. Okay, I think you and I felt the same way after we watched that last episode. Is, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, the hype train is, like, it's there. Oh, yeah, it, it, it hits all the marks, and we will get to that. So, we're starting kind of the third case of the Desperate Revival with episode 192, Shinichi's Return. This originally aired May 29th, 2000, and the Conan sent his location on a watch. And uh, Conan says, the two of us finally go on a date. Trouble is added to the dinner menu. <laughs> they finally go on a date? Like, wasn't there a amusement park outing also a date? Kind of. It was more like a contractually obligated uh, <laughs> stipulation we're, we're just friends going to an amusement park that that's it yeah um so i have to say we've been blaming kogoro for bad luck and kogoro was not here when a person gets murdered at the restaurant and there's also other flashbacks of shinichi which also involves him with people getting murdered. We saw the airplane one. So, is it Conan that's the bad luck? Really? What do you think, Colleen? Uh, I think you're onto something. I think what we're trying to say here is Megare is wrong, and he should stop blaming Kogoro, because the real bad luck charm is... I guess it would be Shinichi, because um, Conan wasn't around for the airplane one either. But he, like, you know passes it on to his mini version so yeah i think uh kogoro uh, is owed an apology yeah poor poor kogoro getting the uh the blame here when it's really shinichi that's just has this murderous uh aura around him causing people to die mm-hmm. he's like i i need some cases to solve so people have to die around me I, yeah, that's the aura he's pushing out there. So this episode begins with Ron repeatedly ringing Shinichi's doorbell. He winds up calling her annoying, and she's still kind of in disbelief that he's back. He tells her to wait as he gets I ready that, like, for school. I like, the Kudo estate is so big that it took Ron, like, three to four doorbell rings for Shinichi to get to the front gate. Well, plus he's just slow in general. That That could be it, too. But that, that house is pretty big. He tells her to wait as he gets ready for school, and Hybera, who's disguised as Conan, sneaks inside. She tells him not to get too comfortable, and we get a big plot dump here explaining that she gave him an antidote and is using a voice-changing mask made by the professor. She tells Shinichi that he differed from the plan by showing his face to all those people, and he apologizes. He's like, I had to solve the case. You know, I, how could I not say it and get the attention for myself? 
And it turns out that after Shinichi collapsed, Hybert quickly told Hattori what happened, and he told all the students not to talk about the case. Hybert says that she'll pretend to be Conan for now, and Shinichi asks why she wouldn't take the antidote as soon as possible. She says that she's helping him since he, uh, since she would be in danger if his identity was discovered, plus he only took a prototype, and she wants to observe his condition for a while. Before Conan leaves, Shinichi asks Hybera to stop using a girly accent with him, but she says she likes it quite a bit, much to his dismay. So, uh, what do you think about Hybera, you know, pretending to be Conan? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting, like, setup they have. Um, also interesting reaction from her when Shinichi asks, like, why are you helping me in the first place? I'm pretty sure that like for a moment she kind of like did this wide-eyed reaction as if like oh my gosh (laughs) so i don't know if we're supposed to read into that if there's something more here uh but uh you know her explanation made sense and uh the fact that she's using this girly accent like this is one of the things that i kind of regret not being able to enjoy to its fullest because i'm a foreign viewer uh so it's sort of like you know when Heiji's putting on a different accent to hide his like things like that it's just like well with Heiji like you can still pick up on his accent it's pretty noticeable but there are certain things um that it, it's easier when uh, you understand the language obviously Ron teases Shinichi for forgetting his lines and we get a flashback where Sonic had purposeful, purposefully told Shinichi to go off script and to embrace Ron Shinichi says Ron looked great in the dress and that she looked old school that's the compliment every woman wants to hear, right, Colleen? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your fashion's old school. Also, love that we got this explanation for Shinichi's behavior, that it was all Sonico's matchmaking. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, weirdly forward for Shinichi, so, like, this is a perfect explanation. I gotta say, Colleen, your voice today sounds very old school. <laughs> old school or old old just old well see this high barra she's always trying to get the attention from shinichi no that's that's the witch from kaido kid never mind (laughs) so the detective boys excitedly run over to greet conan and they're all creeped out when shinichi's like hey guys how's it going (laughs) (laughs) and then once again Genta's like who's that guy because they have no clue who Shinichi is we brought this up before but there was something recently where I don't know if it was one of the movies or something but there was something where they were like oh Shinichi and they were like holding him in high regard but they don't know this fucking guy they gotta (laughs) decide on this they can't be having it both ways I'm getting whiplash because when I watched this, I was like, wait a minute, don't they know of Shinichi? Maybe they don't know him personally, but I'm pretty sure there was an episode where they're just like, oh yeah, Ron's boyfriend, Shinichi Nichan. And I'm just like, okay, so why is there the sudden like shock as to who this guy is? And all the more like, they don't explain it as, you know, oh, this is Ron's friend. It's just like, this is the guy who lives next to Gasa. So yeah, it was just... I was kind of surprised because I thought that they at least had heard of him. Yeah, well, I, I guess they don't bring up his name here. 
But, uh, yeah, maybe there is an ex- explanation like that. I, I can't remember where we, because we had just dealt with this, like, a month or two ago, where they had talked about Shinichi and, like, knew of him, so it was like, hmm. But, uh, I can't place it. Maybe it was an anime original or something else, but that's one of those weird inconsistencies. It's like, uh, what was that? Where, where did we watch it where Conan hated soccer? Do you remember this? Oh, was that like yes. in the, oh yeah, it was the English that dub was... for the, uh, for the, uh, the soccer blackmail ca- hostage case. So. Right, right. Yeah, that, that was a really bad change on the, cause I don't think it was, uh, it was in the Japanese version, but Conan was like, ugh, soccer, why are they talking about soccer? And I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this was on the level of that. It was like, well, what's going on here? Uh, but it is a fun scene with, like, uh, sh- the adult Shinichi still acting like Conan. And we get another moment where he calls uh, Ron, Ronnie-chan. And she's like, what are you doing? Wake up. He's, you're being so weird. <laughs> so he's he's having difficulty uh, switching back to his normal mode. Yeah. This is, um, it was handled a little bit differently in the translation of the manga, but still kind of equally odd like i think in the manga the, at least the english version they translated as like shinichi's running after ron and he's like wait ron shouldn't you be holding my hand while we cross the street or something like that and uh <laughs> it's like okay he he can't break the habit that's even funnier um so once they reach school the students are teasing them for being a couple but shinichi denies it and this is when we get the English teacher's hot remark. The one boy says, There's a new English teacher and she's pretty hot. A foreigner with a nice body. And then a whole group of boys are making, like, uh, they're cupping their chest to make boobs. Like, yeah, boobies. Some squeezing going on. <laughs> Dudes are so cool. Man, I miss high school. <laughs> Remember, like, I've I've made this comment before. I'm just like, I want to meet Shinichi's friends and his classmates and his. Do you want to meet the them? <laughs> yeah, like I I I just met them. I, I'm good. <laughs> uh, Ron then asked Shinichi what it was that he wanted to tell her about before he passed out. He then whispers something to her, but the rest of the class is also eavesdropping. He asked her to meet him at, at 8 p.m. at the Baker Center Building's Observation Restaurant. Uh, it then cuts to them at the fancy restaurant, and Shinichi says that he has his dad's credit card to pay for it. Shinichi mentions that his careless parents are out of the country, and Ron's like, Oh, you're just like Conan. His parents are out of the country, too. And she says, You know, I thought for the longest <laughs> that's time that's like the Conan only was- similarity. It is. And uh, Ron says, you know, I thought for the longest time Conan was actually you. I thought after you got into some really bad case, you had to hide your identity. So you asked the professor to make some sort of shrinking drug for you. And she's like, how stupid is that? And (laughs) Shinichi's like, "Uh, you're almost spot on. Uh, Yeah. Well, he he thinks that. Yeah. (laughs) We just... Just to be clear, he didn't actually say that out loud. Imagine he did, though. And she says, but it's strange. Now that you're back, the boy sounds like a whole different person to me. This he does say out loud. He's like, well, yeah, he is. (laughs) (laughs) 
She then asked Shinichi what he wanted to say, and then the scene cuts to a game company president named Tatsumi Taiji, who says he isn't feeling well and won't be attending the party. He mentions that the elevator hall is dimly lit, and his manager, Uba Satoru, says that the lights were turned down for the you-know-what. That's when you know a murder is going to happen, when they're saying vague stuff like, the you-know-what. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> Like, that just sort of, that coupled with what, the, how we end up seeing the victim, I'm just like, what, is, what was the you-know-what? Because there's some, something sus happening here. The president then leaves, and we see the daughter of Tatsumi, named Sakurako, asks where the party is, and she's told it's at the Italian restaurant. The other two men leave as Uba talks to her privately. He says that her father gave him the okay, and says, and said... I can trust someone like you to take care of my daughter. She's glad that they can be together. And we see him use a gun in a plastic bag to trigger the elevator open. He then embraces her. He kisses her. And the elevator opens with Tatsumi in it. As they embrace, Uba raises the silenced pistol and shoots him as the party begins with a bunch of crackers going off. He then gives her a pink pearl necklace as a present. And says she's in for a memorable stay, a memorable di- uh, as uh, as a present. Yeah, let me just reread this whole thing. He then gives her a pink pearl necklace as a present, saying that it matches her earrings, and says she's in for a memorable day. What a what a way to start a romantic date night, Colleen, murdering her father. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think Shinichi's going to be taking any advice from this guy. Shinichi murdering Kogoro at the beginning of his date. Um, I think we also need to add another category of cool along with smoking. Using the barrel of a gun to push the elevator button. That is the pinnacle It of is cool. cool. I like this villain a lot. He was a lot of fun. Um, the way he, like, he's glad to challenge Shinichi a lot. Um, this was a fun episode just as far as... I think it's a dynamic we kind of miss with Conan in Kogoro, but, like, you know, when you're dealing with, like, this young hotshot detective who's, like, 16, the the villains can... Get, we kind of get this in when we were covering the live-action stuff a little bit, where they're kind of like, well, I'm just dealing with this kid. I can outsmart them. So we have a bit of a more, like, uh... They kind of get back and forth a little bit more than a regular case, which is fun. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mention as well. Um, it actually reminds me of that first live action um, episode with the photographer. There was definitely a lot of like challenging Shinichi's deductions and his reasoning. Uh, so this guy, it was weird because at parts I was like, this guy's dumb. He just gave himself away in this moment. Or like, why did he not think of this? Or what, why did he do that? But then at other parts, he was confident enough uh to tell shinichi uh actually here's my explanation like i have answers for all your questions type of thing so yeah you're totally right like that's just something that we don't get as or at all with conan uh, unless sort of like the villain i guess acknowledges him as the detective in the case we cut back to shinichi talking about Holmes and ron impatiently asked what he wanted to talk about i, I like how shinichi just to 
the fill time here, he just immediately goes back to talking about Sherlock Holmes. He's such a loser. <laughs> Talk. He talks about what he's comfortable talking about. Ron says, I know it's hard to say, but a man should be brave and just say it. You want the class notes you missed. <laughs> She's like, uh. <laughs> Ron is so adorably naive to think that Shinichi asked her out to this fancy restaurant. It's on Yusaku's tab just to bribe her to give her give him her notes yeah and ron can tell by his face that it's not it and she's like i even photocopied them he says <laughs> that wasn't it and that he invited her to dinner so he could tell her something just as he's about to say it we hear a woman scream in the back and they're told that it's an emergency as there's a dead man in the elevator and that they found a gun and shinichi's kind of like oh, okay so what i'm trying to say and ron's like <laughs> go check it out and she says, unlike some people, I won't run or hide, so just go already, Mr. Detective. He tried so really she kn- hard, too, though. <laughs> yeah, she kind of knows what she's... Like like I was saying. She knows what she's getting into with Shinichi. Like, she knows what she's signed up for. And then, I, didn't, didn't Shinichi... Shinichi's like, yeah, I'll... I'll... He's like, wait for me or I won't be long or something. I'm like, famous last words. Pretty sure she has to wait like another 300 plus episodes <laughs> to see him again. Megri and Takagi arrive and it's revealed that he was found by three members of the game company that were retrieving a bouquet of flowers they forgot. It was their company's 20th anniversary party and they run out floors 24 through 36 of this building. How big is this company to where they need 13 floors? Jeez. I mean, games. People like games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my explanation. The elevator is used exclusively by their employees. Megary believes it was a robbery due to the president's crumpled clothes and remembers a case like this many years ago when he was a new officer. And he says, a strange young man jumped in and said... And that's when Shinichi arrives out of nowhere, and he says, Sorry, but I don't believe this was a crime for money. And Megri's like, Yes, that's what it was. And he's like, Oh, Shinichi, what are you doing here? <laughs> the sleuth says that uh, if the culprit wanted money, he would have moved the target to an area without many people. And if he wanted to find luxuries, an elevator is the worst place to choose, it, as it can be activated by anyone at any time. Even if he was looking for money, he wouldn't undo the button on his shirt. Shinichi explains why he's there, and says there was a reason why he chose this place. The daughter then busts into the crime scene and is crying. We see Uba and the two other men that were the last to see him alive, and they mention that the time of the death... Or sorry, they mention that the time they departed was at 8.30, because it was right before when the crackers went off. She mentions that she saw the watch pointer indicated it, and Takagi's like, but... You're not wearing a watch. And she says that she saw Uba's watch when he touched her earrings. Shinichi finds something strange about her words. And Takagi says they were wondering if she really saw the watch. Uba mentions that the area was dimly lit when they arrived, but his watch has glow-in-the-dark pointers. What a man of class to have a (laughs) glow-in-the-dark watch. I don't know if Rolex... (laughs) They actually do. They do. (laughs) Okay. Don't ask me why. I've been looking at, like... I've been looking at a lot of, like, $36,000 watches. Not that I can afford that, don't get me wrong. But I like looking at them. And they do glow in the dark. So, at least the Daytonas do. So, the more you know. That's so quaint. It's just like, 
you know, there's the middle kind of watches between the Rolex and like the kids kind of watches that don't glow in the dark, but then you've got like you know, children's watches that probably do also glow in the dark. Yeah, it's like low it's either low end or extremely high end. Glowing in the dark is yes. one thing. Uh, that stays the same. Uba says the president requested that the area was dimly lit for a special surprise. Shinichi then whispers another issues and says that if you're touching the piercing using his left hand, then the pointers aren't visible. And Uba says he touched her opposite ear since her hairstyle obscures the other ear. I love how he's just like, ha ha, I touched the opposite ear, you fool. Yeah, this dude's great because <laughs> like, already he's like, he's like, oh, oh, before you complain, I know it was dimly lit, uh, glow in the dark watch. And he's like, what? look <laughs> uh-huh, at her hairstyle. Uh-huh. Obviously, I would touch the other ear. <laughs> yeah. But then Shinichi's equally like, uh, you touched it with your opposite hand. Why did you take the trouble of doing that? And then he says, of course, if something was holding down your right hand i can understand and they give each other an evil glare they're like <laughs> so they're they're off to the races here meanwhile ron is waiting and wondering what shinichi has to tell her she dreams up a worst case scenario which is him saying ron you've uh put on a little weight since i've last seen you that's what that's she thinks the worst case he's scenario. gonna tell her yeah oh ron's so cute she then asks the waitress to wait to serve dessert until her companion returns, explaining that he's a detective and he'll solve the case. The waitress then laughs and says that they sound a lot like the legendary couple the other employees told her about, and that they sat at the same exact table 20 years ago. She says the man was a detective and shouted it the moment he came back from solving the case, and Ron's like, what's it? And she reveals it was a proposal, and she wishes Ron good luck. So here's a question, Colleen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was Shinichi actually gonna propose here? Uh, I don't think so. I thought I think that he was just gonna confess. So you think he was gonna confess? I don't know. He's a moron, as we learn in this episode. <laughs> so I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, Ron's just like, well, oh, that's no, that's impossible. We're still in high school. Meanwhile, like. One episode ago, we had a high schooler engaged to, like, a 27-year-old doctor. And we also had her dad in an earlier episode, like, trying to fix her up with Dr. Arada. So it's like, okay, like, this high school proposal stuff is not totally out of left field. Uber blurts out, so what? You're saying I held a gun in my right hand? And then everybody's like, oh, uh, nobody mentioned a gun. What are you talking about? And the daughter then gives Uba's alibi and says she was with him the entire time, except when she went to the washroom to put on her new necklace and to fix her lipstick. However, when she wasn't there, he was against the wall and talking to her. Another policeman finds the gun and bullets and reveals that they were tossed into a garbage chute, which is right next to the washroom. Uba says that if he shot the president, then there would be gunpowder on his sleeves, and he lets the officers check. Shinichi then asks the daughter if she was kissing Uba in front of the elevator, and she confirms it. Shinichi knew that happened since his mother always tells him that the only time a woman fixes her lipstick is after a meal or a kiss. How's this always coming up to where he's like, this is what this is something my mom always tells me. Right? Life lessons from Yukiko Kudo. Yeah. How often is Yukiko going, 
you know a woman only fixes her lipstick after a meal or a kiss. And he's like, thanks, mom. <laughs> Maybe she's like always making out with Yusaku. Oh. Or I guess eating with her family is the other option. This is the closest we get to a romantic moment during this case. Uh, Shinichi holds the woman's, uh, you know, head. He gets he deeply demonstrates how they kissed, and Takagi's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here?" <laughs> like, I, and Takagi didn't even know that Ron was on the premises, so it's just sort of like, "Whoa, seventeen-year-old with a, I think she's a twenty-six-year-old, so maybe that's why he was getting all antsy." <laughs> Well, it's also at like at a crime scene. This is not the place to be making advances. I suppose. I mean, that never stops Kogoro. The daughter says that her and Uba had made plans to meet there tonight. He then asks her if her ear piercings were also present by him, but she says his deduction is wrong and that she bought those before coming here herself. Shinichi says he's figured out the case and says it was definitely, definitely Uba as the case ends so what do you think about this first episode colin uh yeah before that like i also wanted to say how you know how we were saying like okay like these oba and shinichi are kind of like have this back and forth and not maybe equally matched but oba does put up a good fight but then the president's daughter like with this last earring comment she was like oh your deduction's wrong i actually bought them myself and like that's actually what gave him the clue anyways so it's just like okay thanks for coming out but you can't beat Shinichi sorry um overall I I like the the case obviously um I suppose it was too bad at the beginning where we get like this little info dumpy thing about like how kind of they just kind of like tried to neatly uh show us what happened uh since the the school play so it was kind of too bad that we didn't get um an additional scene between heiji and shinichi just sort of them closing the loop and saying um how heiji guesses he won't be seeing conan again i think that would have been a cute touch and uh just that like seeing shinichi and heiji work together again i suppose um but it like it was great seeing him shinichi i mean interact with some other people um, obviously it was hard for him to kick some of the habits he acquired as Conan. Um, like, <laughs> the, the examples we mentioned earlier. It wasn't, this was a nice Shinron, uh, this was a nice episode for Shinron fans. Uh, the prospects of a confession, I think it was a confession, I don't think it was going to be a proposal, but, uh, that was very exciting and something we've been looking forward to since, I would say, the beginning of the series. Um... It also goes to show that Ron, uh, she would, she could deal with the weirdness of Shinichi shrinking. Like, she already had it figured out in her head. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure that, and it sounded like she wasn't going to say anything either. So I don't know, maybe Ron would be okay with the secret. Um, lastly, watching this made me also kind of sad because <laughs> it got me thinking about when the show finally ends which I hope it doesn't anytime soon, but unless Shinichi clones himself, I can't see an ending in which both Shinichi and Conan exist. But until that happens, well, there's plenty of episodes to I'll... enjoy. So, 
was just like, oh my, that that's really what I legitimately thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, he can't become two. Okay, Colleen. That's what you're sad about. Okay. <laughs> well, because it's like, well, we're going to have to say goodbye to Conan if Shinichi, if we want Shinichi to get his life back. Why can't we have both of them? <laughs> First world problems. So I thought this was a, you know, a good first episode for this, you know, half of the case. Uh, I thought it was a, a lot of fun with the, you know, the back and forth between the villain and Shinichi. I thought the uh, early part of the episode was a real lot of fun with, you know, Shinichi kind of being back to his normal self. Uh, Hybera kind of being like, what are you doing? You're being way too public than you should be for somebody that's supposed to be hiding his identity. And, uh, yeah, I just thought him going to school was nice. We got to see his friends, which you said you didn't want to see him. I want to see the guys that's like, oh, she got big boobies all the time. He seemed cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that one guy. (laughs) The one guy, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was fun, and that's some fun foreshadowing for a future character, Jody. So, uh, we'll get to meet her sometime soon, so. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. And the next Conan's hint is Pink Pearl Necklace. Shinichi says, next episode, Ron and I will have a... And then Ron also chimes in, and they say, happy ending. And then another voice, I I believe it was Sonica. Again, I'm not good at these... Uh, recognizing these female voices when they're just by themselves and they don't say much. And she says, like, that'll ever happen. Something will. Uh, yeah. So. Sonica doesn't believe in the happy ending. <laughs> she wants her happy ending first, and then Ron can have hers. And so we also want to give thanks to our Patreon supporters. Shout out to medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. We appreciate we appreciate all the support. And let's yes, move thank on. Thank you. Thanks for dealing with with us. <laughs> and let's move on to episode one ninety three, the Desperate Revival, the Promised Place. It was originally aired June fifth, two thousand. And I can says, "What happened to us after the case? Even without words." I hope my feelings find their way. Kanan, why are you so dramatic? Before we get here, I do have something to say from our our friend on Twitter, xmapcrx. So, they mentioned that uh, Yamaguchi Kape is the voice actor for both, Shuit, uh, for both Shinichi and Kaido Kid. Did you know they share the same voice actor? Yes, I knew that. Okay, look at you. Uh, they say that his voice acting ability has been praised uh, by many over the years for his very well-known roles in Death Note and also in Yasha. Uh, she's, uh, they say that this episode clearly demonstrates his capability when he leans in to extract information from the president's daughter about how the kiss happened. So that's noted as a very good scene. And the restaurant, the restaurant's also recalled in the ninth OVA, which... Uh, they regard as the default ending to the series if the series ends 
anticlimactically or unceremoniously. Let me look what OVA nun is. I might be the one where they're old. Yes, that is. That's the stranger from ten years later. That's the one where Shinichi never gets his body back. Oh, okay. And then, uh, so we see what happens. See, again, they cannot coexist. <laughs> yeah, but we get to see the older version of the, uh, detective boys there. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I haven't seen that one That's yet. a very, it's a fun OVA. I like, I like, uh, teenager Ayumi. She's cool. And then, God, Big Ginta. <laughs> what a guy. In that scenario, did Hybera not get her body back either? Yeah, she's also ages appropriately. Oh, okay. so. oh yeah, we get to see old Sonica. Oh, man. What a good, old good Sonica. <laughs> old Sonica. She's like in her 20s. Old Sonica. <laughs> Yeah, 28, 26 or whatever. Too old. But yeah, so. Very good OVA. So I recommend checking that out. If you haven't, we'll cover it, uh, I don't know, 15 years from now. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so back to hey, episode I mean, 190. Kappa Yamaguchi's probably still going to be voicing on this show. So. so let's jump back to episode 193. Upset opens with Ron thinking about the potential proposal, but she finds it unlikely as they're just in high school, and she hopes Shinichi comes back soon. Meanwhile, Shinichi has two questions to figure out about the case, why the president acted strangely in the elevator, and why there's no gunpowder on Uba's sleeve. The other employees that discover the body mention that they've introduced a new mascot tonight at tonight's party, that the suit was being worn by Uba the entire time. However, he didn't switch clothes as he gave the men his jacket. Shinichi asked to see the suit, and they mentioned that it was winking during his performance the entire time. Shinichi figures something out, and then mentions that the restaurant is getting really warm, and Meguri's like, what are you talking about? They have the AC on, kid. Uh, so he's starting to feel the effect of the antidote wearing off, and he says, you can't give me this bowl at a time like this. It's such an important time like this. He's like a yeah, whiny exactly little baby. What he, sounded like. mm-hmm. he says that. Exactly what he said. I know. This is why. Know this that. is why Yamaguchi Kape is seen as one of the greatest voice actors of uh, of anime because he can go. Why are you giving me this bull like this? <laughs> um, yeah, mention Inuyasha saying that. He probably says. Well, he probably does. Oh, does he voice Inuyasha <laughs> like the main character? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I guess I can hear that now. Well, oh, you know what? That even makes more sense now why they added in the, because uh, there's a there's a cameo of Ron and Shinichi and yeah, and Yuyasha. So that makes sense now. Okay, learn something every day. The police find no gunpowder on them, and Megari is prepared to look for an outsider, but Shinichi says they've already got the culprit within their grasp. The police. Pl- uh, the police bring in Oba and the daughter to the elevator again. Shinichi says he believes the daughter was Oba the entire time. Wait. Oh. <laughs> no, I missed a word. Shinichi <laughs> says... <laughs> that would have been great. 
Shinichi says he believes the daughter was with Ova the entire time and that he committed the crime without her knowing. He says the crime was committed as they were kissing and Shinichi once again demonstrates how it was done. It's like, dude, you already did this once. You don't need to you don't need to do it again. I think he just wants to get up close and personal with this this president's daughter. I think she was into it too. Like she was blushing and yeah. Well, so was, was he. Well, okay, yeah. So I like how everyone was shocked. He finds. Yeah, this is it the wasn't with couple. Ron, it's this with is the power couple. <laughs> this is the proposal that yeah. move Ron ever, Suzu. We have <laughs> a new one true pairing with Shinichi. Well, she Suzu's Conan's one true pairing. But when it comes to Shinichi, it's the daughter Sakurako. <laughs> the, yes, the game company president daughter. <laughs> Um, yeah. I love how all of them were shocked that, like, the kissing, like, the kissing thing is what keeps shocking them the most, not the fact that this guy was murdered. <laughs> oh, they were kissing? Oh. Megary <laughs> brings up the gunpowder and the lack of her hearing the gunshot. He says Oba deliberately decided to fire right before the party started so that the, uh, crackers would go off. I don't know why I put rockets. <laughs> Definitely weren't rockets. Uh, <laughs> They're like mini rockets. Look at a part, kind of party where they have. They were blasting off the space, uh, so she wouldn't remember a tiny sound before that. He says, "Oba says there's a hole in his theory. Why would the president, who wasn't feeling well, stay inside the elevator after it went down?" Shinichi reveals that the president never actually went down, and that he was supposed to be the mascot for the big surprise and that he was supposed to switch into the suit secretly with Oba. So Oba was gonna put it on and then walk back to the elevator and they'd switch for the big the big we gotcha. Oh, so that was the big you know what. Like that was the one this... thing that I was like at the end of the previous episode I was like why was the company president still on that floor? Why was he you know undressed partially? I was like anyways I'm very glad that they uh um, that they uh, kind of revealed that early on because I was just confused by that part. Also, this is like totally the type of humor that like some distant CEO would think would be hilarious. He's like, so here's what <laughs> we're going to do. I'm going to be the mascot. I'm going to be the most worthless person and they'll all get a kick out of it. Oh, and uh, you know, all of his lackeys are just like, oh yes, sir. That's wonderful, sir. The reason the body's clothing was undone due to him uh, preparing to change and there was no ring from the elevator since it didn't arrive, it had stayed there. Uba then asks about the uh, gunpowder smoke and Shinichi brings up the mascot winking. He then pops open the other eye and he reveals a plastic bag with a glove and four rubber bands stuffed inside. Uba had put on the glove, put the gun inside the bag and then used rubber bands to attach it to his wrist. That way, no gunpowder smoke reached his clothing. While it's easily seen in a lit room, he was able to hide it since the lighting was so dim. All he has to do is give the daughter a necklace, and that would give him the opportunity to toss the gun. Shinichi says his fingerprints are all over the bag, and Oba's like, Yeah, of course I touched the bag. We found that earlier. All my subordinates touched the bag, too, while we were checking out the suit. But And then the one guy's like, but we put it back because uh, I don't know what if what if it had to work, you know? We need this bag in here. 
<laughs> to get this suit to work. It makes that no was sense. So dumb. It's like you guys are such morons. While Shinichi struggles with the antidote wearing off, Oba gives his own deduction, and he's like, this is much better than this ridiculous murder-while-kissing nonsense you keep saying. Which is actually what happened. Uh, So he says someone murdered the president on the floor below while they went to the restroom and then hid the bag in the suit trying to frame him. He mentions that Shinichi isn't so energetic anymore and that he has 100 answers for all 100 of his stupid questions that he'll ask. So uh, I love this, just the back and forth here. So much fun. Yeah, some big attitude there. I um, Also, as Shinichi was struggling here, I really appreciated the little details of him. Like, they actually showed him sweating. Um, I don't know. I just, like, just kudos to the animation for it because he's, um, I I don't know. Maybe it wasn't this part. It was, there was just, like, one part where you had, you saw, like, little, sweat beads on his face and it's like okay he's he's gonna be transforming soon colleen says kudos to kudo (laughs) 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 yes in a strained voice shinichi just says pink pearl and uh when oba gave the daughter (laughs) her necklace he said it was like her piercings and Shinichi asks how he knew that she was wearing pink pearls. And then they all look at her earrings. And in the dimly lit room, they just look kind of like a darkened orb. You can't tell that they're pink. And she had just bought them before uh, she got them. So there's no, before she got there. So there's no way for him to know that they were pink pearls. The only way he could know is that the elevator door opened and the light shined on, you know, her, uh, her earrings while he's committing the murder. And Shinichi's like, so, why did you open the elevator? And he says, because I... <clears throat> and he says, because I promised my father that I'd take revenge. It's a simple answer. And then he says it's a simple answer, and then he goes in, like, two minutes of uh, dialogue <laughs> about why he did this. And so it's story time as here. As he's doing his backstory, did you notice Kobayashi... In this, he was like popping out of the corner. <laughs> no, I missed Kobayashi. I love him. I can't believe I missed him. So, Oba says that once uh, his Oba says that his father used to own a game company, but twenty years ago, Tatsumi convinced them to merge. However, rather than a merger, it was a takeover, and that all of his father's employees were cut one by one until his dad committed suicide. Obus is all he wanted was to murder him, steal the daughter, and take over the company. He says it's a game. The hero borrows strength from the devil so he can slay the demon king. But I never thought I'd have the same ending my dad did. And that's when Oba revealed that his father made it look like a murder when he committed suicide. In fact, it was 20 years ago when he framed the company president for the crime. But he was beaten, just like I was tonight by a smart young man and he says it must be a punishment and that's when Megari finally remembers the case from 20 years ago and who was the detective none other than Yusaku Kudo who solved the case and that's when he proposed to Shinichi's mom afterward and Megari's like oh how how ironic is that and Shinichi's nowhere to be found 
Yeah, so he, I think he missed that entire backstory. <laughs> so, Colleen, what'd you think about the villain's, uh, you know, reasoning here? I thought it was pretty good. It was a lot better than, like, I love the computer. And, uh, <laughs> at least he had a good reason for this, and we get a good like, idea. The of dog his, like, keeps twisted... barking at me. We understand his twisted mind state to where he viewed, like, every part of his life as, like, a part of this revenge game. So I thought it was interesting. No, for sure. This is sort of like the the plot you get in like dramas or soap operas and you see it play out, but here it's just kind of like okay, we we see the ending of it. So it's like your atypical revenge plot when companies are involved, but the, because the villain was so intimidating, um I think it really worked. Um I also like the the part about uh I guess the twist for me in this scenario was that it was like it was the the father committed suicide, but he also tried to frame the the victim, the now victim, for murder back then. So that was a a nice touch to make it a little bit different. So Shinichi's in the bathroom. He begs his body to go back to normal again, as he can't return to Conan until he talks to Ron. He then sees Hybera dressed up as Conan in the bathroom. He's like, Ibera, what are you doing? You're not Mitsuhiko. You shouldn't be in the other bathroom. <laughs> what are you doing? And Ibera says it was 24 minutes over her expected range. And she gives Conan his outfit back after he returns. So, uh, yeah, so she kind of knew that he probably wasn't going to stay like this the full time. She knew it was a prototype and prone to fail. Way to go. Maybe she'll get it the next time. All I could think about during this scene when she appeared was how much, like, how paler she was compared to Conan. And I don't know if, like, I don't know. I guess people, uh, well, Ron and uh, Kogoro at least, were buying that this is Conan, but I don't know. It's pretty obvious that it's not. Wow. Always trying to hate on my girl. Well, the last last time we were talking about how the eyes are quite different. So, well, yeah, the eyes are different. She has very nice eyes. Cannon has these blocky, ugly eyes. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh, the waitress tells Ron that the case has been solved, and she's like, "Oh, so you've met your soulmate." However, rather than Shinichi returns, it's fucking Cannon. He's like a. Here's the credit card. Shinichi said to give it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Karen says that Kagura sent him up to check on things and that she, he saw Shinichi along the way. And we then cut the Kagura complaining in the parking lot. He says it's already been an hour. He's about to storm up there. He's like, I gotta show restraint. And then next <laughs> to him is Agasa's car, the yellow beetle, which uh, Kogoro doesn't even notice and we see Hybera get back into the car no. <laughs> I started laughing so hard when they cut to Kogoro waiting in the parking lot I think A because this was his only contribution to the later half of the arc and B I'm imagining Hybera getting him to drive her to this building <laughs> it's also interesting you know the role Kogoro plays here because you know he's such a pivotal character from like a case to case standpoint and he's very much barely in the background of these 
uh, of this signature arc, you know? That's right. Um, yeah, we don't need sleeping Kogoro, apparently. Kanan says Shinichi got a phone call and he had to leave again. And Ron's clearly disappointed. And Kanan's like, ah, Shinichi sure is stupid to, to leave Rame-chan behind. <laughs> and Ron has tears in her eyes and she just says he left me again. And Kanan starts to try to cover and she says, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any more excuses. Were you heartbroken for Ron here, Colleen? Yes. Um... So after laughing because of Kogoro's parking garage scene, I may or may not have shed a few tears during this scene. Oh, God. Come on, Colleen. (laughs) Shut up. Don't judge me. (laughs) You were like, but we can't have Conan and Shinichi at the same time. (laughs) So you and Ron are just crying in, in unison here. It was overly sensitive. It was an emotional moment. And then Kevin says, Shinichi said, uh, someday I'll return. Even if I die. That's how I... And, um... <laughs> Ron's Sorry, like, wow, that meant a lot. <laughs> and he says, that's why I want you to wait for me. And Ron laughs at Kevin. She says he doesn't have to act like that. And she says... This is that deduction maniac's fault. He'd go to the ends, ends of the earth for a case. She then asks Conan if he wants dessert, and then they enjoy the rest of the meal. We get the ending song, and then we return to Ron finishing her fifth dessert, so she doesn't really care about her waist anymore, Colleen. No, that just that whole idea went out the window. <laughs> yeah, Ron's just eating her woes away and she starts to complain about Shinichi so he wants me to wait for him I'm not his mother but I wonder what it was the important thing Shinichi wanted to talk about well since he left me without telling it probably wasn't anything serious but why did he take me to an expensive place like this and then she calls Shinichi a show off and we see Conan thinking back on his parents proposal so you don't think he was going to propose you just think he was going to confess that's what I'm going with, yeah. Okay. Seemed to, how was he going to propose, though? How does he top this? How does he top his dad's proposal? Yeah. Well, you, mean? you know, if this was going to be his confession, <laughs> how would he... Because he'd have to do better for the proposal. Yeah. I, I don't know if Shinichi really thought it through. I mean, he's doing this on his dad's credit card. So, <laughs> I don't know. Very true, very true. And the episode then ends with Kegro screaming, They're slow! Because it's been another hour. <laughs> Poor Kogoro. He gets like point, I don't know, like a few seconds of screen time, and then this is how they treat him. He makes them count, though. Kegro has some good bits here. It's true. So, Colleen... Give me your thoughts now that the Desperate Revival arc is over. Uh, yeah, well, for the whole arc. Oh, so for this episode, I thought it was good. We got an intimidating villain um, who uh, was very much like, you know, going back and forth with Shinichi, sort of holding his own for a good little while. So um, definitely not a dynamic we get 
too too often um the the whole like deduction was also a lot more sh- streamlined because shinichi could just do it himself like and he didn't have to kind of like run around and you know get <laughs> clues in secret like he was very much part of the investigation and he was the one confronting the culprit so um it just felt a lot more compact than maybe a regular episode Although we knew the culprit from the beginning, the crime had all these like little details and reasons behind certain characters' actions that needed to be unraveled. So it was interesting enough to keep me invested. Like it, it didn't have any of the fancy like tricks, bells and whistles, bullies and things like that. Like for a time, I thought that the fact that the company president stayed on the floor, like the same floor, was the because he. Uh, oh by I mean like jammed the system or something but it turns out like it was more of like a situational setup thing so um I thought like most of what Oba did was smart but obviously he he made enough mistakes for Shinichi to catch him um overall I think this is a satisfying ending to the arc um obviously we're we were gonna get Conan back um but um, yeah, you get these like plot important episodes and they sustain me until the next time we get like another black organization or another, you know, Shinichi coming back type of episode. So I don't really mind the quote unquote filler cases in between because um, yeah, I just think that like I love this series so much and uh, I don't mind um waiting another 200 episodes before we get some plot like it's fine um like this this arc was really great and um it really did a lot for tying in things together within the episodes but also like foreshadowing upcoming stuff like we got a lot to uh in regards to a certain character that you already alluded to the english teacher um and probably a lot of a lot of other hints that watching the first time you might not notice but on a rewatch you're like oh okay this is going to be important later on much later on but still uh, still really uh, done very well yeah it's interesting watching it you know with all this knowledge of what comes next because there's so much hinted without i mean i think that's something oyama probably doesn't get enough credit for is just laying down so many hints for stuff that's going to happen you know, like anime-wise, like a hundred episodes down the line. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like just, and as the uh, as X Maps RX is uh, put in in their nodes, just so many times when they're like, "Well, see, this is gonna come back in episode three fifty seven and it's like, "Wow!" Like even charting all the hints is just blows my mind of just uh, how much care goes into some of this and. Uh, you know, because it's easy to be like, well, obviously he didn't think this manga was going to go that far, but it's like, and I'm sure it didn't, but um, to have that, like, to go back and remember exactly what you wrote and to keep those little things alive, like, because, like, you know, something with, like, oh, we got an English teacher, she's a haughty foreigner, <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, that could always be cut and that could just be a one-off line, but, you know, it comes back later and so much other stuff comes back. So it's interesting, uh, you know, how much uh, he does pay attention to the past. And, you know, it's kind of like we say with the individual cases, oh, this one little line here, it was 
purposefully put because it would come back to it but he also does that you know for the bigger wider things where it's like oh you know this it's going to come back later so yeah i think that that is what makes the desperate revival so good and sets up so much um to see the importance of these couple episodes like they're already pretty epic in itself anytime you see shinichi come back that's exciting but we'll see the importance in these actions even more as we continue to go through the show because uh, uh his actions here you know having that big dramatic moment at the at the school you know what he's done here uh, it will come back so nothing was like put in here without any reason and we still got three little mysteries along the way as we you know surrounded by all this uh larger picture stuff so i thought it was really good mm-hmm now, if I remember correctly, you were sort of like meh about the last uh, murder case in the, like the last couple of episodes. How did you feel about this one? I thought it was much better than the uh, uh, than the last the one. Ice with the cube ice. one, yeah. And it was it wasn't that it was bad. It was just I was kind of uninterested in that compared to the Shinichi Ron thing. And the nice thing about this case is we're constantly going back to the Shinichi. You know, we're we're seeing Ron. Shinichi's thinking about how, you know, how he wants to confess. So, like, that drama's still there. It's not, like, pushed to the side for this kind of, you know, this murder case that I didn't really care about. So, I thought this was a nicer uh, balance. Because I was invested both in the murder, I thought it was a more interesting murder, and then also, you know, the drama was kept up during the, the, the solving of the case. So, I thought that was really good. And then... Once again, we have some thoughts from uh, X Map CRX. So they mentioned that Sasaki Kaiko is the key animator for this episode. They say that she's another of the top five animators of the series, best known for drawing Ron, which is incredibly important for this episode as it's a pivotal moment for her to be recalled many times in the future. Sasaki started back in episode 34. Uh, they eventually took a five-year break later on basically after uh episode 521 and then came back at episode 741 oh god we have so many episodes going um so she's still one of the main uh key animators for the television series uh they say if you see her name in the credits you know the animation quality will be good for this episode so uh yeah that's cool to notice um it's also crazy that somebody had been with the series this is the only series where you can be, like, away for five years, and you've still been here for, like, 15 years on the series. How yeah. crazy is that? Yeah, and we were talking a little bit about uh, voice actors earlier. Like, most of the cast, I mean, I haven't delved into it, but I think most of them have st- stuck around since the 90s. It'd be really funny if Takagi stopped voicing Takagi. <laughs> that would be awful. Like, well, he would probably stop voicing Genta, too, and then the hint guy at the end. No, he he just, he just, no, he keeps doing everybody just else. Stop. But he refuses just his to name's voice sake, the guy. He stops. Yeah. Uh, so they also mention the iconic conversation be- between Ken and Ron at the restaurant is what I believe the best rebuttal for why Ron was not gaslighted in the relationship between Shinichi and her. Uh, they say that Ron is very kind and takes on responsible responsibilities for others she even 
strips publicly for Kazuha in an early episode. In the manga, you can even see her bra, the anime version cut it, just so Kazuha will not misunderstand that she's uh, not competition for Haji. I'm sure this makes more sense with context, but it's very funny to be like, listen, I'm not trying to get Haji. Let me take my clothes off. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this proves everything. Um, Conan, trusting that Ron will understand his decision, protects her a lot more by keeping her in the dark and telling her the truth. Conan is not making Ron believe in a different reality than she already knows. Shinichi cannot be with her all the time. Ron knows this very well. People are gaslit when they're told lies, but Conan told Ron the truth. Shinichi will always return to her in his truest form. Even if it's not right now, even in death, he will always be true to Ron, regardless of what stands in the way. Now Colleen's going to cry. Well, but no, like, that's a great argument for anyone who thinks that, um, I, I guess there are the two sides, right? People think that she's being gaslit and, um... That's a great argument against it, I suppose. And then they also have some general comments on the arc overall. Uh, this is one of the few uh, longer miniseries in the entire television series, and it uses many iconic tracks from the soundtrack to add an, an intense mood and urgency to the situation, which defines the classic era for Conan as a franchise. Also includes many iconic scenes that are recalled much later. Uh, you know, the one in the, uh, him getting shots one, him with the, uh, knight is one I'd say, and then that conversation up top at the, at the restaurant. So each, each, like, a case has, like, a, a big iconic moment. And I guess her giving blood is one too. So there's a couple there. Yeah. Still don't know their blood type. Uh, Shinichi appears, which is extremely infrequent. So they, they mention, uh, one, two, three, four. So they mentioned five cases, I guess, throughout the entire series. So that's like one one appearance every two hundred episodes. <laughs> um. Okay. So I was looking into um his actual appearances um in the manga because I was like, okay, I kind of want to support the official release. It's super long though. I don't have the shelf space for it. Maybe I'll just get them the volumes in which Shinichi appears and not like as a flashback or as a like above Conan's head thinking sort of as his whatever alter ego um and yeah he basically appears like in total I think you would probably collect like 10 volumes in which Shinichi is in them yeah it's not very often and uh yeah it says five times we've already seen two of them so two of those are used up in the first 200 episodes of the anime. So we have like, <laughs> we have three, Colleen, three appearances yeah. for the next like 800 and episodes. I'm pretty sure the next one's a flashback. The New York case. Uh, and then also, you know, Conan gets injured, which is very rare. It's not like he's high G. <laughs> yes. Number one injured character, high G Hattori. Uh, so they mentioned that Shogi, which was a big part of the uh, the Cavern case, will reappear as a thematic thread within the main plotline. This is, like, way later. So this <laughs> Shogi comes back up at, like, I don't know, episode 900 or something. Um, so we've got a Talk about planting time. seeds. Yeah, it's uh, they mentioned that it also comes up at episode 307 and 308, which now I want to see what episode's at. 307. Let's find out. 
that is on the trail of a silent witness. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the title doesn't give me much. Oh, it's a black organ. Uh, maybe. Silent witness. Okay. Looks like it's a black organ. I know I've seen it. I just don't remember what it's about. So. So, yeah. So, that's interesting. So, we'll learn something more here. So, be on the lookout for that <laughs> in another hundred anime episodes. They also mentioned, I still remember watching this miniseries for the first time not more than 15 years ago when hearing Hybear's theory about another member of the Black Organization, it completely flew over my head. Mm-hmm. That was a hint narratively. Uh, I mean, it, it's a hint, but, you know, they also just straight up say there was another member there. You know, you're supposed to know there was another member uh, with that other, with how uh, that episode ends, because you see the other person with uh, Jin and Buck in yeah. Um, I could not connect episode 178's ending to this point. I even thought to myself that there could not be another BO member. Um, it was only in episode 277 and 278 when Conan brings up the purple handkerchief again. I finally clued in. Uh, oh my god. So we have... <laughs> they don't go back to this shit till 278? We're, <laughs> we have so much to go, Colin. Um, yeah, I'm kind of... I was the same way. Like, I didn't really pay much attention to when vermouth was introduced and when you know the character came back i was like oh okay this is actually important (laughs) like i I don't know why i but that also kind of went over my head well also there's so much of this damn show and you go (laughs) we see the black organization pop up like once every you know 70 cases so it's like it's easy to forget things and then you're like, oh, because I've definitely had that when I'm reading like the current manga things where like something will come back and it's like, oh, this is actually mentioned uh, 300 chapters ago. And then I look it up and I'm like, okay, I guess it was. I will take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, they also mentioned that there's a High Baron Reconciliation mini subplot. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Yeah, they mentioned that how the Desperate Revival is so iconic because it sets up so many plot points for the Vermouth arc later on, all that, which is definitely so true. Um, so there's a lot more, you know, we'll, we'll continue to reference this for a, a while here. Hundreds of episodes, Colleen. <laughs> definitely. So do you have any final thoughts on the Desperate Revival, Colleen? Um, yeah, I'm... I'm glad that uh, we got to experience it, um, and uh, probably I probably won't be watching it for another little while because we have so much to go. So it's uh, definitely gonna have a fond, like I'm gonna keep it as a fond memory, I suppose. Like this whole experience, because um, like I said, I think I alluded to this a couple weeks ago. Like watching it for the first time is great. Rewatching it is possibly even better because you can pick up on those things that uh, you couldn't the first time. So if this is your first time watching it, you know, give it some time, watch some more episodes, and then go back to it. If you're so inclined, you'll get so much out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a great arc. I'm excited that we, we got through it. I'm excited to go back to the anime. Uh, I'm not excited for the 500 anime originals we have to get through. <laughs> or is the next one? A, it's no. just is the next one an anime original? Really? No, no, no. Okay, it's not. 
We get we get that one case, and then three anime originals. Then All another right. manga case, then four anime originals. Then another two-parter, then five anime originals. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're, we're moving yeah, on to season to eight of the all. anime. We're, we're not doing just manga cases. <laughs> I know, I know. And the anime originals, there's plenty of good to be found. But it's like when you get this taste of the like the plot movement, you're like, oh, I want this. Yeah. I want this and that. Definitely. And we got that with that reunion in the Black Organization, and they were like, here's 13 TV originals until the Desperate Revival. <laughs> and it's like, okay. I don't know why they made that decision. I, d- I don't think it was a very good one. Especially because that Hybera scene later on where she's like, yeah, uh, like... <laughs> she's referring back to the black organization reunion and by then you're just like oh wait a minute what <laughs> that was like 20 episodes ago what are you talking about hi bear yeah that's almost a whole season of a regular anime <laughs> so yeah really good stuff want to thank you all for listening uh, i hope you guys enjoyed revisiting the desperate revival it's definitely a legendary. I think the next time we have like something this long is the uh, the Clash of the Red and Black, which that might not be until like what episode five hundred? Oh dear. <laughs> Let me look. Episode four ninety one through five hundred four. God, that's long. Um, We're gonna have a totally different illustration animation style by then. Probably. Yeah. I think it's going to be like computer generated or whatever. So. Boy, there's a lot to go, Colleen. Yep. Lots of twists and turns. <laughs> I so. think we're rethinking this. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited to do more canon now. I'm like, that's a lot of canon. But that'll do it for the Desperate Revival. And, uh, like Shinichi. We'll see you later. Might just take a while. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I was just like, is that his catchphrase? But I, I see what you did there. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>